last week on Glee Boot, uh, Santana proposed to Britney and Kurt decided to rain on their parade and say, we're too young to get married right in the middle of their proposal. And uh, Santana rightfully called him out on it. And uh, everything else was really just like really bad mashups and mindless noise and Kurt projecting his trauma onto children in a long history of Glee Club teachers doing that. And that's what you missed on Glee Boot. Glee Boot. Yep. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> oh, I, by the way, guys, my mom said yeah. hi. Oh my God, hi, Beth. Hi, Beth. <laughs> um, yeah, so this last episode, right? Not great music. This episode had like no music, so that's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, I think there are four songs. Was it only yeah. four? Okay. Four? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess technically, yeah, it's four. Uh, yeah. Um, most of them narratively meaningless. Um, welcome back to Glee Booth, the show where we get drunk and talk about rebooting Glee one episode at a time. I'm Cullen. Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And this guest uh, was on Glee Booth so long ago, I think his uh, guest appearance predates our opening catchphrase. And that is Kyle. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me again. Thank Welcome you. back. <laughs> yes, it's good to be back. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, Kyle is a podcaster friend of mine who was on truly one of our most unhinged episodes where we talked about Rocky Horror Glee Show. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I haven't seen this episode, but from what I know, this is like one of the most unhinged parts of Glee. So we need to re-traumatize this man. We are inviting him back. <laughs> Oh, I feel like every podcast doesn't really hit its stride until after like the first 10 or 15 episodes when you figure out what you like and what you're going to do. So I was uh, honored to have been in the very early stages of the pupil stage of the podcast before yes. it blossoms into the beautiful butterfly I can't wait to be a part of. Uh, oh, boy. Can we yeah. be a moth? <laughs> sure. Leave it with a moth. Yeah. Uh, so... Kyle, uh, long I, time no see. Long time no see. I feel like so you said, "Oh, I took the quizzes," and we we're like, we had just like I had mentally assumed that you had done that last time you were on, but this this predates us having our guest take the quiz. Well, even if I had taken it back then, you know, I've changed and the world's changed, so I'm sure my answers would have completely changed if I had taken it back then. True. I mean, we weren't even using Zoom. I think oh, when you were on, we were using we Zencaster oh. before the golden age. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We should cut that out because I don't have anything to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag the curse born this way episode. Oh, you don't use Riverside now? I get so many ads for Riverside. You know what? I, I test tried We tested it. it. Not impressed. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. You're paying about the same, and there are some bonus features but like the audio quality is like not as good if not or just at best just the same as zoom yeah yeah so don't trust him okay um, well i'm I still really dance but not riverside yeah <laughs> i'm i'm really pleased with the results of my quiz i don't know if you want to uh blow yeah. the lid off of them now or save okay. them for later but i was really happy with the result what character would you be I'm going to say Quinn for Gray. Quinn, because yeah. everyone ends up being a Quinn because she's just like all over the place. But now I'm very curious. 
Uh, I got Mercedes, uh, Mercedes Jones. It said, you're a diva. First? You're outspoken and headstrong, but you also can be very sensitive. You have big goals and dreams that you're striving toward. I like that. I'm Mercedes. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I don't think I've ever had a Mercedes. She's like, honestly, one of the best characters on Glee. Scott, yeah. our professor, was Mercedes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> had a mercedes <laughs> i remember now i remember uh, texting Brittany. i just thought you wanted to know scott with mercedes <laughs> the elite few yes honestly you were the crew of the crop you rise above the rest of us garbage us blames and <laughs> rachel's and uh santana's yeah uh who is your boyfriend did you get sam uh, I got Blaine. Blaine is effortlessly charming and he'll be down for any adventure you want to do. Mm. Except slightly <laughs> not incest. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> As this episode is so weird to establish. Mm. Well, you know, it it made me think that it probably happens a lot more than we want to admit. Like when you hook up with someone, you're in a small town. Like if your families grew up there, you could be third oh, cousin. Sure. You don't know. You know for what? The, sure. the European royalty didn't even really start getting inbred until like the 1500s to 1800s. And that was centuries of that shit. So like, honestly, you're probably going to be fine marrying your third cousin. <laughs> you don't <laughs> that, even need we, permission from... That? You don't even need permission from the Pope, right? Like they used to have to get when they married their cousins. Yeah, it's a-okay. Yeah. Wow. Good to go. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, okay. Yeah. Blaine, you know, as a Blaine, I do love Blaine. He's been a bit of a mess this season. Um, oh, it didn't occur to me that some people could identify as the boyfriends that you then get in the quiz. <laughs> that complicates yeah, things. It does. It really does. Um, though sometimes I'm like, am I a Blaine still? Am I a Sam? And I don't know who I, I'm probably one of those who maybe who am I? Maybe I'm a Tina. <laughs> I do love her. Existential bleak crisis. <laughs> a glycis, as they say. <laughs> shout out to the... Existential Shout out to the uh, announcement board at the school that said ISIS Awareness Week. Jesus. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so we're here to talk about season three, episode four, Hurt Locker season Part three. One, Season six. I'm like, God, please stop taking me back in time. Oh, this is the second time this season. I, I just like can't, I don't even know where we are in time and space anymore. Like, I was like, this episode is just so much like noise. It's just like yeah. shit happening, but it doesn't really seem to mean anything. Yep. Yeah. Is like, there a story? I'm hmm. like the, unconvinced. Will and Kurt and Rachel are like reacting to things with like mild annoyance. Like the only person that's like really invested in the proceedings is Sue. Yep. The antagonist. Like mm-hmm. the protagonists are just like, well, whatever the fuck is happening. Okay. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I get that there's like six seasons or five seasons at this point of like background, but I remember when I first like jumped on the show that the the draw was uh, I was in a show choir in high school. And so it was like, oh, they're writing about us. And oh, aren't these stories so relatable? And this episode is not. And I wonder if it's just kind of a symptom of being on for so long and having so many characters and threads and uh, to play with that. 
I don't really feel anything for <laughs> these characters. They're all <laughs> cartoons. That's a yep. perfect way to sum it up is because when you think of early Glee, there was this relatability, especially, you know, as a Midwestern theater kid, I connected with it. You know, there was that was like part of its charm. It was always a heightened reality, but there was something you could connect with, especially, you know, Kurt coming out to his dad. Like, yeah, these like Finn thinking he was the father of Finn's baby, like all this stuff. And Super relatable. Yeah. And it's <laughs> I mean, it wasn't always great, but it was, you know, like it had that human thing. And this really doesn't there's no like pathos in this. Like there's no human. The closest we get is a cover of Vanessa Carlton's song. But even <laughs> half of that party is hypnotized. And, and you're saying that's not usual or that is now at this point that it feels like uh, an episode of Looney Tunes. I think this oh. is the most we've reached into that, but it's yeah. not uncommon at this point. Like there yeah. was last season, lest we forget, Blaine was hallucinating and saw everyone as puppets. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was disturbing. They stretched that out over <laughs> multiple episodes? No, that was one That's episode. That's one episode. Okay. Uh, yeah. They do sometimes reference it. They do, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like because we had Rachel... It being on Funny Girl, then quitting to be in a sitcom in LA. And then the premise of this season is the sitcom was so bad, she's now home. Okay, so help me yeah. out. There's a lot of characters missing in this season. And uh, <laughs> you're telling me that some of them are graduated and stuff. They don't do any help for like the layman here who hasn't been catching up the entire time. I no. felt like. <laughs> Yeah, Let's see. You, last time you saw was Rocky Horror. We were there with the OG Glee Club. Uh, this was before we even had like Sugar and Joe and Rory. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Rory gets mentioned later when does. she's dressing him down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, basically, what's happened is they've graduated. Okay. Rachel flamed out bright and early in her professional career. She quit college because she was playing Fanny Bryce in Broadway, which is now doing IRL. And then she uh, quit because she got bored and she went to star in a sitcom with Jim Rash or Jim Rash from Community was producing it. Um, And then it flopped because it was filmed live and like all these disasters happened. Oh, no. And they cut the singing. Um, It's called That's So Rachel, but there was no psychic element. So it was really doomed (laughs) to fail. uh, Kurt is still in school, but he has like a semester where he's like work study essentially. He's supposed to like do community volunteering. Anywhere okay. in so, the world. So meanwhile, Sue became principal of their school. She banned all humanities. Um there's specific- an active caning policy. There's yeah, yep. if you're late, you are caned. That she is real. Six, that has been double confirmed. She okay. six dogs on the students, and um, people can only eat kale. Yeah, oh. and if you weigh too much, sirens will go off and she'll put a pig nose on you and she'll put you in a pig pen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Rachel, <laughs> instead of calling, I don't know, the UN, is like, the school needs a glue club. <laughs> um, yeah. So she is using the last money of her stardom to fund the glee club. Does and- that hold up now? I maybe in 2015 that was just super hilarious, you know, abusing children. But does that hold up? No, because it's literally like just what Republicans do now. Like Missouri literally <laughs> brought bad. back spanking it's- in schools like this year. Um, it's not, it doesn't feel like satire. Yeah, now. it just feels like <laughs> no. Oh, like is this Ron DeSantis? Um, yeah. Uh, 
it's this show is from beginning to end an Obama administration show. <laughs> and it really shows here. And it's like, like, this is just what poli- right wing politicians are now. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene, I mean, Sue Sylvester, you know, uh, except Sue is an atheist, atheist, I guess. Marjorie espouses those Christian values as she cheats on her husband three times. Um, but uh, they, uh, yeah, so Sue's in charge. Rachel's bringing back the Glee Club with Kurt. Sam is was like assistant coach to the football team because he had a brief modeling career in New York and then was like, I don't really like it here. I want to move home. And that's Cord uh, Overstreet. Cord Overstreet, <laughs> yes. Who we saw in concert, just as hot IRL. Oh, um, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he, Coach Beast is trans now, which okay. isn't how I would not refer to a real trans person's journey. But the writing is very shoehorned, um, if you know anything about this character's arc. So it's just kind of weird. But Sam is now interim coach of the football team. And uh, who else is around? Okay, Will moved to Vocal Adrenaline because when Mm -hmm. Sue canceled the Glee Club for getting in like second or third place in nationals, uh, because they weren't winners, um, even though they placed in the nation, you know. uh, But... They were canceled, and Will went on to be teach at Vocal Adrenaline, their old rivals, um, because oh, the job okay. pays more. Um, he's married to his crush, Emma, the one he did Rocky Horror for. They have a child. They have a child. She does not appear yet this season. Um, also, the, the pictures of the child are not the same pictures of the child that we saw before. I just yes. wanted to point that out. <laughs> uh, when he sings uh, Don't Stop Believing to every single night, apparently. That's another form of abuse. Yeah, and as for the rest of Glee Club, you know, they're all kind of doing their things. Quinn is at Yale, Puck's in the military, Mercedes is like kind of famous. Satan and Brittany are lesbians. Um, I don't know. You know I think that's <laughs> they're lesbians full-time together. Job. They're in lesbians <laughs> together. Uh, yeah. in lesbians. And then is oh Blaine now uh, teaches at the what's it Dalton? I was called the Warblers. He coaches the Warblers <laughs> at Dalton. Um, yes. Him and Kurt were engaged. Kurt broke it off because they're having fights about hand towels. And uh, what? Yes. it was stupid. So was basically, dumb. after they graduated, Blaine felt neglected, cheated on Kurt with someone whose Facebook profile picture was a lighthouse. Yes, and then, attracted to lighthouses. And then they broke. They break up because like Blaine cheated, uh, and then Blaine tries to win him back. They successfully. Get back, they get back together, and then right away they he proposes. Kurt says yes. They move in together when Blaine graduates. Then they're like, it's really hard to live together. We should be apart. They're apart. Then everyone else leaves New York. They move back in. Then Kurt is like, we fight all the time about dumb shit. We should break up. And like Kurt is coming off as very cold. Blaine is devastated. Blaine ends up failing out of school. Um, goes back to his hometown, gets a job coaching the Warblers, starts dating Karofsky, uh, the boy who bullied Kurt and threatened to murder him. What? Yes, Crossy has gone, yeah, gone through a big arc since then. Like he tried to kill himself after he yeah. was outed. Him and Kurt had a reconciliation. Oh my god, this show. <laughs> um, so now Crossy has just this been is like better than actually watching it. I it is for sure. <laughs> so absolutely. Karofsky has kind of, you know, so Blaine and Karofsky start dating. 
Kurt comes back to Lima and is like, I made a mistake. I want to win you back. And Blaine's like, I moved on. And then that's why Kurt shat all over Santana and Brittany getting engaged. He's like, we're too young. And they're like, you can't just project your stuff onto us. Um, and so he's like, yeah, I should move on. Um, so when Which- he's like being all high and mighty at Sue this episode, like I've moved on from Blaine. That happened last episode. He decided yeah, it was, to move it, on. It, okay. it was very, it was, it was a choppy transition there as in that, no transition. <laughs> so <laughs> that explains kind of his decision-making in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. That's really where the major players are. Tina's at Brown. Um, Don't we see the, uh, Mercedes and the wheelchair guy like peek their head around a corner for one second. They don't get any lines in this episode. Am I crazy? Did I imagine that? That was in the prologue, I think. Oh, like, that's the, right. that's oh. what you missed. Yeah, okay. they were all last episode was homecoming. So they were oh, all back. Okay. It's like a reunion. Home. Yeah. But they it was have post homecoming. They have a it reunion. Was after homecoming. Yeah, it was. They stay, they stay like they'll come back, visit way. high school, and be there for like multiple weeks, just oh. walking around the school. God, I always I never even as a high schooler, the people who would do that, I would look at them with so much cringe, just like, oh, <laughs> back to see the old teachers and hanging out for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I still remember visiting my old college after grad school, like in the for a break to visit friends. Like I had just graduated, like I still had friends there. And some girl was like, Why are you here? I remember you. And I well, you didn't like, like go to like high five your old professors and stuff you went to just be on campus right yeah i would just go yeah. see my friends are like i would i would make if i saw a professor it'd be like do you want to meet here like we'd get lunch like it wasn't like i'm just gonna show up at your office hours oh you got you walk get- in your class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sit in the back just give them a look <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh this is the heart locker um okay what happens we it's mainly so, wait Sue. wait what are we drinking? What are we drinking? Oh, yeah. Um, the most important part. I'm yeah. drinking a stone IPA with a little demon dude on it um, and a raspberry liqueur shimboard. It's in a literally, it's, it's like the size of a, uh, like a ping pong. No, not a ping yeah, pong ball. It looks like, like a, a de- wiffle ball or something. Nope, Ooh. that's too big. It's like, it's like a ball. Something <laughs> in between a ping pong ball and a wiffle ball. <laughs> It looks like a health potion in D and D. That's what that's what it is. It's like a plum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about the right yeah. size. There we go. You got it. Kyle, what are you drinking? I took taking sizes in high school. Um, <laughs> Ballast point. I'm enjoying a nice Sculpin IPA. Mm. But uh, I also don't want to go downstairs when I'm. Uh, all out so i've got myself a uh, lunch box here full of trulies <laughs> oh <Nice. my> God. <laughs> prepared yes uh i am drinking a blonde ale brewed with strawberries it's from quaff on brewing company based here in indiana nashville indiana wherever that is uh quaff it's on. pretty good quaff off quaff on quaff off <laughs> The quaffer. My hair is not down, but yeah, it's uh, pretty good. Not too bad. Um, nice. and it's got this fancy lady's hair on it. <laughs> Quaffed, if you will. I am drinking a mixed drink. I haven't done one of these in a while. 
but I had to kind of start looking at the alcohols that I was drinking and which ones, you know, had gluten in them. Beer has a lot of gluten. Yes, it there's, does. There's a lot of gluten in beer. Um, Drinkable bread. That's why I like seltzers yeah. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is two ounces of vodka, two ounces of coconut water, two ounces of pineapple juice, one ounce of pomegranate juice, shaken together with ice, poured over ice, and then you top the glass off with uh, lime LaCroix. Ooh, so and what, what do you call this, this delicious yeah. concoction? I, uh, Sue's Sunset. I really Sue's want her sunset. to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you'll have to send us the, the drink Me. ingredients and we will make that. We will bring back the drink posts. We're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, final season and all the greats. Um, all right. Speaking of final seasons, Glee is really only interested in recycling plot lines. We have these new students who we get nothing on. They do nothing. Uh, poor Samantha Ware got bullied by Leah Michelle on set for this. Um, yeah. So Kyle, just quick, quick. Uh, I don't know if you remember when Leah Michelle was kind of like pseudo canceled. Uh, for not being able to read or is that more recent so that (laughs) meme that meme has surpassed the thing that actually happened was that she was very verbally abusive to people on set and some of those comments were very racialized oh good lord specifically okay go ahead specifically to samantha ware's character jane like she's the young black girl with the the curly hair Mm. uh she said something like i'm gonna shit in your wig oh my goodness yeah. Yeah. Um, Hello, Fresh canceled. Somebody Finish. so well read wouldn't oh, stoop shit. to such language. <laughs> right? Somebody More who evidence. owns as many books as she does wouldn't mm-hmm. stoop to such language. They would say defecate. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, defecated your weave. <laughs> the trying to figure out how to describe the plots is the, this episode is really just Sue machinating. Like, there's not really characters working towards goals other than Sue. Yeah, correct. Every storyline has Sue in it somehow. I was going to praise this episode for, like, really giving us some, like, internal insight into Sue's uh, mental (laughs) methodology and why she does things. But if I remember correctly... That's what every episode basically is, is examining Sue from as many different angles as we can. <laughs> She's basically the main character. I mean, at this point, they she like does horrible things and then they try and humanize her. But at this point, she's done so many horrible things. I'm like, you're just bad. Like she's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> that was like, we I need mean- another song in this episode. Boom. <laughs> Uh, so I have the storyline as Sue doing Blurt, Sue doing Will and Rachel, Sue doing Sam and Rachel. Yeah. Isn't that it? Like, that's all that happens. It's just Sue. She's just that. messing with people. Yeah. Oh, okay. What a great structure. So, um, yeah, Sue invites Will to lunch to reminisce 
And he's talking about singing his baby Don't Stop Believing Every Night. Um, horrifying. Um, and he leaves a plastic fork on the table. Which is annoying. That I would be annoyed. Um, Are you serious? I would. I don't know <laughs> if I'd be like fully annoyed. I'd be like, okay, why can't you clean it off yourself? And then like forget that it happened like 10 seconds later. I would like pick up the fork and throw it away and then just like move on with my life. So it's oh, like, see, I would not even pick up the fork. I would just be like, oh, okay, somebody else can do it. <laughs> Yeah, she's psychotic. I yeah, feel like it's she, yeah, it's the first yeah. drop to to show us that she is not a reasonable actor. Well, she says it is the straw that broke the camel's back or the fork that broke the camel's back. She's infuriated. She's incensed, and she's like, "I need to go to my hurt locker." So she and Becky drive. She's talking about she's thinking of retiring, um, and then she opens this murder board locker where she yeah, has it's like one of those personal like storage units that definitely always have bodies in them. Yeah. And there it's like all these like ropes connecting like Will and Rachel and Kurt and Blaine. Um, and I'm like, would at what point, like, you know, Finn died and you would have had to take him off this board. Would that make you reconsider your life? I don't know. Um, but there's like a picture of the season one Glee Club with Matt, who did get spider eggs in his ears. Um, I wasn't sure because they flash around them and I don't watch the show. But were there like a bunch? I assumed there were a bunch of references to past like schemes that she's done and she has in this storage unit. I mean, some of it seemed like references. Others seemed like weird, just junk thrown around. OK, yeah, like the pinata. It's kind yeah. of more like they collected random props that are callbacks to other episodes. Yeah, that's the prop prop storage unit for yeah. Glee. That's <laughs> it just happened. And that's also where the writers write. They're putting together storylines. That's the string. Yeah. I feel like I feel like they took 10 seconds to think about the title of this episode when they were looking at that. Cause the hurt locker, when I thought about it, you know, I don't know why I I don't know what I expected. Like, was there going to be some kind of Hurt Locker style tension where someone had to defuse, uh, you know, like a situation as though it were a bomb? But no, it's literally just a locker where she keeps stuff where she likes to hurt people. It is a Hurt Locker. Get it? I thought the thought the reference was the ISIS Awareness Week thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the Hurt Locker <laughs> reference. Got it. Got it. There's a she's the sign says Matt. Where is he? Or like, where is he pointing to him? Uh, he transferred. That's what happened. Uh, as she did force Marley and all those characters to transfer. Yeah, but um, Matt transferred a long time ago, and hopefully he's doing something where he's away from spiders who can lay eggs in his ears. Yeah. Um, or he became Spider-Man. No. One of the two. <laughs> or he became Spider-Man. Yes. I mean, this is a Disney property now. And Spider-Man is. is kind of a Disney property. So kind of. Yeah, it is. It's complicated. It IP over. law. <laughs> IP law is a scam invented by Disney. Um, <laughs> so he is, uh, so Sue is just like going through and then she, she's talking to Becky. She's like, puts up the fork and she's like, I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to destroy Will's career. I'm going to destroy, I'm going to break Rachel's heart. I'm going to destroy the Glee Club once and for all for the 17th time. But Which I'm, I'm gonna make sure that Blurt gets back together. Yeah. So then yeah. she she asked Becky to leave. 
and she opens up her clane shipping. Well, we call them blurt, but she calls them clane. They're her she shipping. She a ship. Yeah, it's it's like a live tumbler. It's like a it's, it's like, like an it's, altar. It's like a shrine. Yeah, it is weird. Um. Yeah, there's a there's a photo of them kissing that is just a still from the show. I'm like, how did she get that? <laughs> yeah, there's all this. When shows do that. <laughs> yeah, this is all this. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> like they'll show someone, like they'll show a montage of photos from the past, and a couple of them are literally just like step and repeats of the actors from previous like red carpet appearances. I <laughs> uh, love it. Yeah, I do also love, uh, they'll do that in period pieces where they'll have like a portrait, but it's like of an event that you, like, it's not people sitting for a portrait, it's like a photograph. And I'm like, so like, how? Yeah. How would they get that? Um, <laughs> so yeah, so she has this clean altar and she's like, apart, they're so whiny, so shrill. Together, they're a symphony of self-congratulatory sodomy. Yes. Um, uh, butt stuff. That's how you know. That's that's how every gay aspires to describe their relationship. It is so creepy how she cares about them at all and idolizes that and has put all of this mental energy and actual energy into making a shrine to a person she calls porcelain. It's so creepy. Yeah. And also, it makes no sense just like based on how she's reacted whiny. to them before. She's, so, they're still whiny when they're together. In fact, I think they're even more whiny. And she yeah. she's barely been involved. Like you could see how she could have some kind of affection for Kurt. Her interactions with Blaine include like ruining his parents' credit to make him join the yeah. Cheerio, putting and cement in his hair, making him wear a thong, making calling... fun of him for the puppet stuff, which he deserved. But still, <laughs> he's a child. And she she called him uh, a doe-eyed pervert. Mm-hmm. Uh, a young Burt Reynolds. I think those were his nicknames. Yes. Uh, other gay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess I could see how she could want Kurt to be happy. You could make me believe that, but I'm like, this woman has no affection for Blaine. Um, and yeah. she wants to be the flower girl at their fabulous gay wedding. That's uh, all that she cares about. She doesn't actually care about Kurt or anyone's happiness. She just wants to be part of their wedding, which is so bizarre. Because why is that assumed that she would be involved? Yeah, it makes no sense. There's no reason. Yeah. Um, so she is like, she brings him in. She's like, poor son, I need you back together with Blaine. And she's he's like, uh, no, I moved on. Like, this is insane. She's like, what about your fabulous gay wedding? And I'm like, what if they have a really understated wedding? I mean, it's Kurt, so the odds of that. <laughs> I could see them having like a Moulin Rouge-themed wedding. Um, oh, or like a Madonna-themed wedding. Oh. Um, or a Bengals wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kurt is just like, no, I'm not interested. And so she... Uh, it's hard. Okay, we're just talking about Clayne first. I think yeah. I think that's what we're doing. Um, so like Blaine is talking about the invitational, and he just like gets a text. Oh my god, someone broke into our apartment. The line delivery is so tired. <laughs> Darren Chris is just like some okay. of the lines are just so tired. I laughed out loud and actually rewatched it because I was like, wow, I have to see that again. Well, it's just, he was so- just like oh. Someone broke into our apartment. 
they run over and Kurt and Rachel come with him. Yeah. yeah. But also, okay, so Loon, like we're were the camera all in drive separate cars. Oh, yeah, blend. the editing on that was so confusing and made me go, "Oh, they must just live on campus. They just went like up the <laughs> elevator around the corner from the theater and <laughs> they drove and they 20 left, minutes. They left all of their children there in the auditorium by themselves. They're like there's I'm sure there's an adult wandering these halls that'll just supervise <laughs> them. Quinn's Brad, around. the piano player. Yeah. Brad, oh oh god. <laughs> I so as like the the shot of them as they come in the door is like just Karofsky's like back of his knees. And I was like, this feels like a really weird, probably not purposeful, like visual cue to the fact that he tried to hang himself a couple seasons ago. It feels 100% purposeful and it makes no sense to me because they subvert it within moments of me assuming what the hell? He he's dead right now. I, okay, I'm so glad I was not because I was literally like, "What? What is happening? Why are we seeing his knees?" But literally, it's like seconds, and he literally looks right at Krosky and just like, "What's going on?" Not like, "Oh my god!" So it's like, "Why would you do that?" No, I, I mean, don't know. That- it feels it. I don't. Words today are a problem. <laughs> Knowing that he, the character attempted suicide makes that feel even less purposeful. I honestly do not. Okay. Um, I know this is your show and everything, but Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, uh, like burnt out a long time ago. They're great. They were great writers, but I don't know what is happening. Um, since 2015, apparently they have just been kind of running on fumes. They should just be producing at this point. I really don't need their grubby little Cheeto fingers writing at this point. I think either Brad well, Fletcher or Ian like a, Brennan wrote this. It feels yeah. like a bad cinematography decision. That's what I'm thinking, but I was just like, even if it's not purposeful, it's a weird visual cue that but I like, picked up on. It's I do think, yeah, that the writing at this point is just so bad and not even like fun. We've gone full fanfic time travel in Riverdale bad. Like it's just, just bad. Yeah, it's just bad. Like because it's not. I can deal with crazy wild shit as long as it's happening to characters I care about, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you watch uh, American Horror Stories or the uh, last season of American Horror Story? No. What is happening over there? Okay. I should do it's that for my podcast. <laughs> I literally could not do it after Freak Show. I watched Freak Show live when I was in college and I was literally like, this is terrible. So I just couldn't uh, do it anymore. I did 1984. I did every episode for the podcast. And uh, oh. that was a that was a trip. Uh, not not an enjoyable <laughs> one either. But I made it. I got through every episode. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I got us off track. I mean, yeah, no, it's just. Yeah. So then uh, Crossy's just like, oh, my God. And they like run it. And there's like a bear cub on their bed. Well, Okay, so what the fuck was... I think it's not a bear cub. I think it's a full-grown bear. But why wouldn't he say there's a literal bear in our apartment, not an intruder? Someone broke in. Maybe they live in, like, a cartoon universe. Like, in their mind... Where bears are also people? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a reverse Goldilocks. Um, (laughs) I love his uh, sheets and pillows. I said to my husband, yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, I want those pillows. Those are actually really cute. (laughs) Well, so the... 
last episode, we find out that Brittany decorated their apartment, but she didn't give them a bed um, because she imagined that's not how she imagined them having sex. It was a moped mounting a. No, it was like a, it was a like a big rig mounting a moped or something like that. Something yeah. very Good lord. Awful. She didn't. Yeah, she's yeah, like, I can't picture you guys having sex. Is sort of what she says. It's like, oh, it's it's offensive. That's awful. I would stop talking to you. Um, so they, so they're all there. There's the bear. I'm like, why didn't Karaski just call animal control? Like, and then call Blaine. Like, first call animal control, then call Blaine. And why did Blaine's ex and high school classmate uh, drive 20 minutes? I just get, you know, they probably live 20 minutes away uh, to this the house to run in and be like, oh my god, it's a bear. Yeah, no one should be in that apartment. He shouldn't have let them go into the apartment. He should have evacuated the apartment. Yeah, he shouldn't be in there. Because, bears like, are dangerous. Bears are dangerous. They're not, like, they don't just attack people, but, like, that is a prime situation where you could get attacked. Yeah. Also yes. very easy to know where a bear is in any given moment, but he's standing up on a table like it's a mouse or a cockroach, and he's like, yeah. I don't know where it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you could lock the door and keep it at bay for at least a little bit. Bears hate doors. <laughs> yeah, they're like so confused by the knob. They can't do it. They don't have thumbs. So, yeah, so then Kurt's like, Sue, you did that. That was bad. And she's like, I had on good authority that Krosky likes bears. And he's like, it's a burly gay man. And she's like, you know, I don't know what's normal. Um, because Sue in or Will inserted a plexiglass board into the pool so he could literally walk in water to propose to his girlfriend. Which is a bad example of like, oh man, you people are so crazy these days. A invisible platform in water? Of course I would escalate that to a violent animal in a bedroom. Yeah, actually, at first, I thought, well, I thought she was going to start talking about things that she's done that are obviously crazy, but nobody has called out. Mm, I I think that would have been like a kind of a better, more meta writing move. You're already going in that direction anyway. Like the fact that Um, she married herself. I was going to say, yeah, and then divorced herself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah. So, uh, Kurt is moving. Okay, I can't, no, I think the there's two breadstick scenes in this blurt storyline. So much breadsticks. There's three in this episode. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Krosky and Blaine are like getting food at breadsticks, just talking about how weird that is or weird it was, and then they keep they eventually, uh, essentially, all of Krosky's exes are there. Like essentially, everyone he's ever dated. Like, oh my god, is that David <laughs> Krosky? But yeah, then you find out. Yeah. You find out that Sue invited them all, which then why were they surprised? Yeah, how did they not see him when he walked in the door? I don't just as somebody who has walked as somebody who's walked into a room and just seen like an ocean of bears, you notice it right away. It's yeah. not like something that sneaks up on you. It's something that you just go like, what is it, bear night at this bar tonight? What is going on? <laughs> Yeah, and then also, like, if these people live in town, he would also, like, recognize them. But yeah, also, they too. would recognize him because he's, like, the reason they're there. Yeah. So what, state, like, 
what state does this take place in? Ohio? Ohio. Or, wow, Ohio, the bear capital of the world. Yes. <laughs> so Lima, Ohio, bear capital of the world. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's just so weird. It's like all of a sudden they notice him when it's convenient. I don't know. And then, because then Blade and Laner says, like, Karaski turns out he dated every guy with facial hair in the Midwest. Dated. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Nobody like, dates that many people. And I even said out loud up to my husband, I was like, he dated that many guys and it literally didn't work out with that many guys? What are his standards? <laughs> and my husband had to go, Kyle, dated. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> They fucked. Which um, makes a lot more sense, honestly, of like, hey, oh my God, what are you doing here? Yeah. But like the Blaine is kind of like, oh my God, he dated all these people. And I get that these characters are like 1920 and they're like young and immature. But like the show doesn't really challenge that. So it's kind of like, yeah, okay, Karofsky like came out and he dated a lot of people. Yeah. And like there aren't a ton of options. There's a lot his- of slut shaming in this episode. Yeah, or not slut shaming. Sorry, kink shaming. There's a lot of kink shaming in this episode. Yeah, like God forbid somebody have a sexual life. Yeah, you know we did kink shame Blaine though for the puppet thing and for the puppet thing. Still well, because well, he was like, okay, so some context is his classmate Tina had a crush on him when he was passed out with cold medicine. She straddled him and rubbed vapor rub on his chest and then he was like role-playing that with the puppets and she like caught him doing that so Mm. that's where we get okay it was sexual and then also also how did he even find out about that yeah was he awake the whole time and just let her do it well i think she told kurt and kurt must have told him okay if you say so and then we got when him and kurt were talking about birds and he's like must be all the bird talk but i'm like feeling (laughs) This sort of kind of way. So we have King Shane <laughs> Blaine before. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he dated all these guys. It's like, what is he supposed to do? Like, be together forever with his high school boyfriend? Oh, I guess that's what you think is normal and appropriate behavior in this show. And does the ancestry thing come in? So Sue comes the in in the same scene and is really? like, hey, I took the liberty inviting everyone Kraski ever dated here. Right. Also, mm-hmm. I did some digging on Ancestry.com, got your DNA and some government records. Because she, she... She plucked their hair or something. From their washing machine. Um, and she shows... She's like, you are descended from this guy, clockmaker in Philadelphia, Thomas Anderson or something. Like, that sounds like the star of a whimsical musical. <laughs> um, and they are third cousins. Um, and she's like, you're about to have sex with a relative. And I'm like, it was good enough for the peasants, good enough for me, baby. No, I would not have sex with a relative, but, uh... Was she lying? Is that even true? We don't know yet. We don't know, and I don't think... I'm pretty sure this is, like, Karofsky's last appearance. Are you serious? They don't even tell us. (laughs) Yeah, and especially because they live together. Like, what are they... Like, they have a lease. Like, how is this working? Well, they can become roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. Um, I mean, if they're already living together, you know that they're already having sex. So what's the big deal? Yeah, like you've already fucked. Yeah. All the bears in town. Yeah, but it's also... (laughs) 
they were so dis- <laughs> if you look at that map they were so distantly related that like they wouldn't have like ever run into each other at any kind of family reunion like any you know yeah no we could be third cousins for all i know yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like and i don't know if i said this when we were recording i don't know if i did but like again this probably happens a lot more than we think yeah because if you grew up in a small town if your family was there you probably hooked up with a third or fourth cousin and you know what oops or you'll never find out and it's fine i don't know again people married their cousins fairly regularly for a long time i'm not saying it's okay or i would ever want to but i'm just saying you'd have to do it a lot for it to have the genetic problems that we associate with generations it. upon generations yeah so yeah. marrying your third cousin, especially, you know, as men who aren't going to biologically reproduce, yeah. the third cousin who you never knew, like, grow like, in a familial way, like, and I think they're, like, third cousin something removed. I don't think they're direct third cousin. Like, yeah. it would be, f- like, I get that that would be icky, but if I had already been, like, living with someone, like, we had passed that state, you know, like, yeah. That'd be, if you found that out on a first date, maybe you'd call it. But, like, you have a lease. You have a legally Mm -hmm. binding document together. Yeah. 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 Um, So they, whatever. Uh, So then they're talking about being friends, Kurt and Blaine. And Blaine's like, yeah, like, he dated all these people and we're, like, related. So it's kind of icky or whatever. And Kurt's like, yeah, I have a date with this guy named Walter. Okay, immediately an old man <laughs> named Walter. Is there that or literally like the guy from Breaking Bad? This is also kind of an old man. An old man or an old man who's also a drug peddler. Uh, yeah, I've you don't meet many uh, like young pieces of ass named Walter. They just yeah. don't call themselves that. They call themselves. I don't, I don't even think like the what's the coolest way you could like Walt? jazz that up, Wally. Walt, they're all terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that person, if your first name's Walter and you're our age, you go by your middle name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he goes to, you know, Breadsticks, the one restaurant here. Um, and the man shows up and he's kind of like, well, first, Kurt, notoriously rude to wait staff. The guy comes up and he's like, oh, this is what I want. This is my order or whatever. Like, I want some water, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you go to this restaurant, you know what uniform the people wear. They literally wear yeah. all black like they do at Olive Garden. Like, he's so rude. <laughs> and then yeah, the man... Yeah, that's a bad mistake. The man sits down. And you know what? He catfished Kurt. I know it was a younger picture, but, like, if it's over a decade old, baby, like, Mm-mm. that'd be, like, me posting pictures of when I was 17 on, like, a dating profile. Well, you know, it's like, also, like... He was like, well, I feel that age. It's like, that doesn't no. matter, sir. I'm no. sorry. That is such a red flag when he says yeah, that. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> honestly, it's okay if you own it, if you're 50 and you just own it and you go, yeah, I'm dating 30-year-olds and I'm a 50-year-old and what are you going to do if you don't like He's it? He's a good-looking dude. Yeah, but, there are well, a lot it's Harry Hamlin. That, yeah, there are lots of people that would date that man like with yeah. that picture, you know? But he <laughs> says, oh, but I feel 30? No, 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 no. That is a Mm-mm. red flag. Head for the hills. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so then he but like so that I'm that's that's what I mean. Like Walter's definitely in the wrong, but he sits down and Kurt, instead of being like, hey, like you don't really look like you're you know, he's just kind of like, How old are you? Like straight off the bat. 
Which yeah. is also like a very I'm 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what a dad thing to do. Also, what a Kurt know, thing to do is to be so was, audacious. If I was in Kurt's position, if I was catfished by someone who was obviously much older and like in shock that they actually sat down and were going to start this conversation with me and feel like, yeah, I'd be as how old are you? Because if I don't like the answer, I'm going to leave. Except yeah. he doesn't do that. I do think you're you're right, Alyssa. And I'm thinking like in a normal social situation, just someone being like, how old are you? Is like a very rude yeah, question. Yeah, with that That's kind of supposed to right. be. It's supposed to send a message that you have done a wrong. You kind of yeah. knew it. <laughs> you knew that this question was part of the risk you're taking. Here we are. Yeah, like mm-hmm. what does he expect to sit down and Kurt just being like, Oh, you're starting to use just for men like slightly gray. That's cool. No. <laughs> and so he's yeah, so Kurt, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm married or I was married for 33 years. I have children your age. Your Don't age. Say Second that. red Don't flag. Say that. Second red flag. That means this Bad. date has intense. See, this <laughs> may have been saved if he's like, listen, I use that photo. Because, like, I never got to do this when I was younger. If it kind of started from a place like that, where, like, I had to come out late in life, et cetera, that may be different. It's like you Still bought yourself great. five minutes. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> but, like... So, he just, he just comes in real weird. Yeah, and he just throws that all out there, which I... Here's the thing. I get doing that, but don't, like, wait till we meet in person and then throw it all out there. Kurt you know? says that they talked on the phone. How did he think that voice I was said anything the same thing. younger than 50? That's a <laughs> dumb line. Yeah. I mean... Talked on the phone. I guess it's 2015. But, but also, like, like FaceTime was a thing. Like, they could have, like, yeah. FaceTime. I yeah. was in a relationship in 2015. Yeah, we were FaceTiming. And- yeah, so it's like, that's, I feel like that's also super normal. Be like, hey, like, you want to, like, do a FaceTime? This but now, that could be another a red flag if he was like, no, I'd rather just meet in person. Or I just want to, yeah, no. This was uh, the well, golden I, I, age of Snapchat. Yeah. Snapchat. And if he was that young, he would have actually been using Snapchat. So the fact that he probably wasn't again, but Kurt is way too patient with this guy. Cause I get it's a two parter. This is probably going to fizzle out in some hilarious way in the part two conclusion. Or they but just never he, talk about or it. It's a again. true crime episode <laughs> in the making. At the end, he says like, oh, you know, why don't we just tr- take it really slow? And if either one of us gets uncomfortable, we call it a day. And Kurt's like, yeah, that sounds good to me. And it's like, too late. He's <laughs> already uncomfortable. By the way, well, I'm uncomfortable. So no. <laughs> it, I was laughing my ass off because the whole scene just drips of wish fulfillment that Ryan Murphy is Harry Hamlin mm. and he just wishes he could pull down some 20 year old chotch <laughs> yeah no I do think mm. I saw that and I was like this was written by older like gay men like yeah. that's what yeah. I got immediately because no young, I don't think any younger person would have been okay with that because like, like, they're not even open to it it's just like no okay this was a mistake it's like getting in an accident with somebody <laughs> <laughs> like the, the the daddy fantasy is alive and well, but the people who want that like are looking for that. They're not looking yeah. for someone to yeah. pretend they're young and then reveal that they're older. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I also don't know how he was going to come back from. I have kids your age. Oh, yeah. God. And yeah, I think the wish fulfillment thing, like 
hits it right on the head. And yet it's one of the most entertaining scenes of the entire episode. <laughs> like I wish kind of it was more because at least it makes more sense than uh, Sue having in the impossible resources to invite 30 people at the drop of a hat to a restaurant. Putting 30 bears in a restaurant and then a bear in someone's apartment. And then also stealing someone's DNA. Yeah. 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 Uh, She's got like Wiley e. Coyote's resources. <laughs> Acme button just exactly. constantly. That's really the, the we don't really get resolution. Um, we have some wild things to come next week in regards to the blurt storyline. Um, oh boy. Great. <laughs> Uh, I have two words. Saw doll. Um, oh, a puppet. Mayhaps. 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 Um, so, okay, let's talk about, I guess, the Will bullshit. Like, she's going to destroy Will. Um, and so again. Again. And so Rachel is trying to convince will to go easy on them in this invitational which i guess sue sets up sue sets up sue sets up the invitational and that's the thing is like i i get where she's coming from like emotionally like hey these kids aren't ready but you can't really ask someone to do that like that just doesn't make any sense rachel asking will to throw the invitational i mean she she her point is good because it's it's exactly what what Will would react to. Like, hey, you used to be in my position and, you know, these are my kids now. Like, how would you feel? Like, she does a really good job of it. I don't think it's like mm-hmm. a, a Rachel whining thing. Like, I think it is something that is actually logical for both of them. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's totally like, that's like, uncalled for. It, it's like or, unprofessional, but she's also not professional. professional so. She's never been professional. <laughs> but like... I get he could be like, oh, we're going to do new songs, like not our traditional set list. You know, we're yeah. going to try something new, which he does. But like, there's a normal way to do it. Of like, oh, this is a practice. Let's practice. Like, let's do something we don't usually do because it's just a practice. It's just for fun. You know, right. like, yeah, he's uh, very needlessly condescending to his own group when he like drops a new song on them and he goes, oh, it's dancing as fast as you can. It's improv. What? And I love these kids so much. Like, I mean, these forty-year-old adults, but I love them so much. But he like touches that this one guy's shoulder. He's like, "Don't touch me." Yep. And then some guy in the back was like, "We don't like you." <laughs> I know. I laughed so hard. At that. that was so good. Because again, he is crazy to them. And then at one point, he's like trying to do the show circle, which apparently he has not done in a practice before. <laughs> I'm like, how? And they're just kind of like, uh, they yeah. They literally like, they can probably run this club themselves. They just have oh, yeah. him because they need him just as a body. Like, they need a, a person to, yeah. to put the stuff together, I guess. So well, I was kind of, the- oh, sorry. I was going to say, I was kind of confused because I've been out of the zeitgeist, but like, what was the main acapella group called in the first like season of glee because there's new directions with and then there's vocal adrenaline adrenaline right those those these guys yes yeah. they've been the they're the initial atta- antagonists uh jonathan mm-hmm. groff the erotic jesse st james you know okay he was the lead uh i'm just gonna say you don't have to put some for long hannah um i and, know <laughs> and uh yeah, so they were the antagonists. Then we got throat explosion, <laughs> uh, my favorite gay porn. Um, and then who else? There were the 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 one with the this small Asian girl who sang Clarity. 
Um, Mm-hmm. But they're all gone. The only survivors right now are New Directions and Vocal Adrenaline. Yeah, they're, so like they used to do sectionals with other schools, right? Yeah, or was it regionals? They're both no, terrible sectionals. names, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. The New Directions. Yeah. Now they're in. Yeah. Now I guess the districting is uh, narrative based. It's supposed to be <laughs> gerrymandered. It's just <laughs> these three schools. Yeah, it's um, the Warblers again, a private school in this public league. Um, yeah it's also endlessly frustrating that they try to equate themselves with acapella when they're singing with musical backing constantly but i'm sure you've already talked about that to death well is this technically supposed to be oh you're talking about the warblers no, they're not it's um, not the warblers yeah. have them. been acapella but i feel like there are a lot of numbers where they're not acapella it's basically just yeah. like america's got talent with the kinds of like <laughs> performances that they're doing and then oh they also happen to be singing on top of it well yeah, the, yeah vocal the, adrenaline's wild the vocal adrenaline performances unless they involve John, jonathan groff those ones seemed a little more real in that like they tend to just be like oh yes these are a bunch of dancers lip syncing right Correct. yeah because you would not be able to like sing that way, no way. like no just way. like I mean, dancing and moving like that like your voice wouldn't project maybe beyonce could right <laughs> who's been doing it for years and years these yeah. kids are between the ages of they're supposed to be 16 to 18 but they're probably you know 20 to 28 but like yeah. the but, the thing is dance breaks in songs and musicals that exist for a reason it's because it is hard to sing and dance heavily at the same time yeah. I yeah, mean, I just always felt kind of, you know, frustrated slash insulted that these TV characters are supposed to be, you know, so talented because they're doing all of this choreography while singing with a band. And I did all of that shit without a band. And nobody's making a show apparently yeah, about that. And like a show choir, it's supposed to be more about the choir part. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like with all the dancing you're going to take away from that so yeah it's just not realistic yeah shocker do you remember that one warblers villain i can't remember his name the one who wasn't even by curious no Uh, smythe yes Yes. the one it's the one who had the cat right that's what you're talking about yeah i still remember when he sang whistle you know uh definitely an appropriate song and he like did a full backflip landed and sang the high note oh lord yeah but it was revealed he was on steroids but i haven't given steroids can you do that um <laughs> so i can never tell if the things you're saying are in the like <laughs> they are of the story i'm just gonna really start making like life. random references to things and you guys just gotta play along so you think that it was actually happening yep. and i'll just i'll just go oh okay so he had steroids <laughs> in real life that's interesting uh so he uh so yeah so the will so this drone, Sue has this drone that's flying around. This obvious fucking drone. It's it is loud. Huge. It is loud. And it's just zooming around this quiet auditorium, just filming them. No, they don't notice. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so loud. Literally everyone in the hallway runs screaming from a yeah, drone. That's the thing is I'm How like, they not notice? And it's probably like maybe five, six feet away from them. You're going to hear just like you're gonna hear it mm-hmm. it's just i don't these people are so obtuse there was a broken window on one of the stories of my building you know uh it's the seventh story and i was like you know honestly i blame an influencer the influencer was probably flying a drone around kind of with their la aesthetic mm-hmm. and yeah um 
Cause property damage, casual. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so Sue is like filming them and then she shows that to the principal who is Principal Figgins' sister. We uh, find out that Principal Figgins' first name is Principal. principal. <laughs> Which doesn't even she's make like, sense. She's like, well, I think it's like a family thing where like, they all are in some sort of like educational administration. And because he's firstborn, he got the name principal. So I would assume that her name would be like Honestly, vice principal or I like it was, secretary. I thought it was a dig at Indian culture. I'm going to be honest. I thought they were trying to say like, oh, he's the first son. He'd be named principal. Oh, maybe. Uh, I just got it as like they were trying to cram too many jokes at the same time. Like it's funny yeah. enough that uh, what's his name? Uh, it, it's funny enough that the principal, Ing, what's his name? Uh, Iqbal. Iqbal Thiba, uh, yeah. yeah, it's funny enough that Iqbal Thiba is wearing a wig and playing and the principal's and... sister. But then on top of that, we're going to like try to cram in that the principal's first name is Principal and how funny it is that they both went into uh, education. And it's like, how am I supposed to appreciate any one of these jokes when you're trying to cram four yeah. of them down my throat at the same time? Once again, just bad writing. I'm really sorry. Well, again, well, I mean, it's, it's oh, such bad writing. We, that that's joke what we're falls here for. flat. I was like, I was trying to deconstruct that joke because it threw me off so much. I yeah. was like, wait, wouldn't his name tag have been like Principal Principal Figgins or yeah, something? Like, like yeah, it just doesn't it make like sense. Offensive for the students to call him Principal Figgins because that's actually his first name. I feel like there's been other shows that have managed to pull off a similar joke. Yeah. I can't think of it right now, but it's also something that would happen like a cartoon. I yeah. think like this is, I mean, this is a real life cartoon, but I don't know. It's like uh, my Irish dance teacher, the, his name was Mr. O'Hare and his wife who taught the younger his first kids. Name is Mr. I called her Mrs. Strohare because I used to Mr. Strohare, Mr. O'Hare, Mr. Strohare. I was like three or four. Should I be like cute? Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's upset that uh, Will is going to throw this comp this invitational because they take vocal adrenaline very seriously. Um, also, we do see Figgins scraping gum off seats and is like blame the parents for not controlling their kids. And I'm like, fair. So he's janitor principal Figgins. Yes. Mm. Also barista principal Figgins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not a good joke. No. It's no. just not. So then uh what else is going on in this? I feel like there's something else with there's I feel like there's a scene with Will <laughs> I'm missing. It's just like it's all just meaningless noise. So it's so hard to follow like a story arc mentally because it's just like weird shit happening. Because there is the thing, Sam is going through Will's bills. Because Sue is hypnotized him. We'll get to that. But Fun, Sam okay. Sam is saying that like, oh. Rachel told him to do it. To so commit a felony. To take his mail so he wouldn't pay his bills. Because online bill pay did not exist in 2015. Um, so he would be harassed by loan sharks and couldn't focus on the competition. She'd do anything to win. Instead of calling the police, Will's just like, get out of here. Uh, and then he's mad so he's like i'm not gonna throw this competition we're gonna beat them and so they do instead of talking to rachel i'm like so sam was at my house stealing my mail do you have anything to do with that nope none of those kind of conversations happen they they rely on the classic Uh. writing trope of none of these characters will communicate uh 
they won't communicate until they've really ruined things for everyone. Um, that's such bad. I mean, that's such a bad decision, though, because if you have good communication, but bad understanding, that makes much better comedy. Didn't like two episodes ago, didn't they as a group decide that they weren't going to do any shenanigans? To, yeah. Like, yes, they did. And then they, they're doing shenanigans like. But it's not even like Sue is doing the shenanigans and they're not like, hey, this is weird. Like we all kind of decided. I don't know what's going on. All I have to say is that Sue commutes two and a half hours back and forth to Carmel High School, which is in Akron to Lima, Ohio. And Blaine commutes two hours from the Columbus area to Lima. So good Lord. Just got to throw some geography back in there. Do we know what Karofsky's doing? Maybe they have their apartment in Maybe it's sort of in between near the Warblers. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Don't know. But Rachel and Kurt drove all that way to see the bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not the Hulu show or whatever platform the bear is on. Uh, but uh, they, which... Okay, brief thing about the bear. Everyone's talking about this show, and apparently it's about like a restaurant guy. But like, I hear a show called The Bear, and I'm like, oh, a show about a burly gay man. Uh, I pictured a bear, <laughs> like a bear bear. And then I'm it's like, actually, oh. I, it is actually a good show. <laughs> yeah, it's on things. Hulu. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, they the new vocal adrenaline does the most boring soulless covers of Rock Lobster and Whip It. Becky is watching in a lobster suit. I can't believe no you called reason. them boring because I was enthralled. I was like, what am I watching? This is the part where I, t- I text you guys. Let me read this text. <laughs> Let me read it. It's very important. I said, where are we? we guys, I think my coffee was spiked with mushrooms, acid, and heroin because I think I hallucinated this episode of Glee. It's terrifying. <laughs> Uh, I read that text. I read the text, the first half of the text, and I was like, oh my God, is she okay? Who (laughs) spiked her? Oh, wait. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I I was just so enthralled by what I was watching. And not in a good way, but I cannot say it was boring. I would agree. Um, Again, as somebody who did acapella, the idea of doing Rock Lobster uh, or any Fred Savage song where he's talk singing the entire time would only work if you lean into how absurd this is, that we chose a song that has so little music, musicality in it. It's such a silly, ridiculous song. But they're doing it so straight-faced, and everyone in the audience is like, they're so good, what are we going to do? And it's like, what the hell? That's not the right reaction. It's a joke song. Well, then they follow it up with a song that I thought to myself, I kind of like had a moment like, shit, Whip It is actually a great acapella song. That would have been a a good one for my group to do back in the day. Uh, Yeah, but the thing, it's like the numbers are all about like costumes and choreography. There's no heart. There's no emotion. You don't get that the song speaks to these kids, which is kind of vocal adrenaline's thing is they just like go out and do a banger number. But they're all like, and it's like, you could beat that. Because you could, there's like, it's so soulless. It's so just like, it's so dancers lip syncing, I guess. You know, like that's just well, the yeah. point. I mean, it's like extremely like high class cookie cutter. Mm. 
Am like, I to understand that Rock Lobster and Whip It are the songs that uh, Shu pushed on them at the last minute and they learned? That's a good question. I actually was wondering if they went no. back to their original songs or if these are the ones they mastered in that day. Yeah. So I, I thought don't they know. went back to the originals. I think they went back to the originals because they knew the choreography. If okay, the fact really, that we can't tell is very frustrating. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. I would have loved if he had given them some Marley Rose originals and they'd be like, what the fuck is all or nothing? <laughs> and I thought the uh, Devo skirts were very clever. Yeah. Little, yeah. Uh, fun fact, Devo from Akron, Ohio, which is where Carmel High School is set. It's two and a half hours from Lima, Ohio. <laughs> oh my God, that was a fun fact. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and also these costumes, this is an invitational. He- yeah, they're tryhards. Fuck them. Yeah, and so even the warblers are like, "Fuck." Um, yeah, there's one. One of the warblers <laughs> is crying. <laughs> I felt bad for that random no-name warbler. And so, like the most emotion that I felt the entire episode was my empathy <laughs> for this warbler. And so we will. Uh, that's where the episode ends. We have to talk about Sam Chill still, but uh, oh, it's not we, a good ship name. <laughs> Ram. Uh, they're both bad so, I mean that shows that like the relationship sucks too so yeah they that's the end of the episode that's the end of a hurt locker part one but okay let's talk about so Sam is folding towels, towels? you know for once not jock straps in the locker room <laughs> um, and then Sue comes in and is like how easily suggestible are you and he's like I don't know how suggestible do you think I am <laughs> that was funny the yes. funniest scene, honestly. <laughs> yes, like in the whole that episode. is the funniest part. He's got great comedic timing, and the, like the little zoom in that they do on his lines is also very funny. The like mm-hmm. uh, warping of the hypnotism, great scene. <laughs> Cord has really been carrying this show for a while at this point. <laughs> yeah, honestly, kind of <laughs> since season four. Um, he's been a, been a heavy lifter um, of the emotion, like of the comedy and the emotion. Um. Yeah, so he is like there. She hypnotizes him, and it's she's like the moment you hear the song, either the phrases "Let's do a song," "Piano," or "Flatbed Truck," you will fall madly in love with Rachel Berry, and the moment you kiss, you will forget. Wait a second! It was any of them? I thought it was supposed to be all three. I, it was to I be did all too. Three. I did too. But I we think didn't. it was but supposed you get to. <laughs> I, I think it was waiting. supposed to be all three. I, yeah, I, was, I was like, where's Flatbed the... Truck? Yeah, exactly. I was, like, how's that going to become a conversation with Rachel Berry? Did they just mess it up that badly? Did they just mess up the writing that badly? It was very confused. No, well, no, this was we're a, not. This was a one draft. This was a one final draft <laughs> draft. There were typos. Like, they did not go back. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, where's that draft? We got to turn it in. Quick, where is it? Just, yeah. Whatever you got, just turn it in. Again, I, I think Cord is improvising all his lines. Yeah, I so I thought the Hurt Locker, immediately I thought, like, oh, this is going to be, there's going to be, like, references to the movie. And I was like, should I watch the movie so I know if there's references? And I was like, no, that's going to take too long. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But, uh, and then I was like, wait a second, is that, I was like, is it literally just going to be referenced to the movie? And then I looked up and like, apparently it's like an actual phrase. Didn't know that. Really? It's, what? it's literally just, hold on. I had it pulled up. Uh, but did the phrase exist before the movie? Yeah. So Hurt Locker 
is a slang term for a place of deep pain and discomfort. Oh, okay. Apparently, McKinley High School. <laughs> it was also used. Uh, it's a, a slang for severe injury in uh, the military. So, you know, I don't understand what this has to do with that. We were just doing a little uh, etymology lesson. Uh, Hurt Locker uh, is actually a slang term from the military to mean like a serious, severe injury, or it's also a place of deep pain and discomfort. So I feel like it's very misused in this title. They might have just been like speaking about the audience to the audience <laughs> he's like you're going to feel <laughs> such intense pain that you're going to need a personal injury lawyer that's so funny i saw the hurt locker and at no point did i think to like question the title of the movie and look up what it has to nope. do i don't know why in my head until literally two seconds ago when you told me what it actually means i was like oh the hurt locker it refers to bombs in the army right yeah that's what i thought too i just was like oh yeah that makes sense that makes sense for the title for that movie uh nope it actually was a thing uh so yeah misused for this episode for really sure funny yeah so Sam and Rachel are just see here's the thing this doesn't relate to him them being hypnotized they just happen to be at breadsticks together right that's yeah. what I thought too I was like why are you guys hanging out like on a well, date it's well, very much a date but they're like oh this oh, is it's a not, date. A date. It's not a date if they were going at a not I guess breadsticks is the only restaurant but because we <laughs> see so many dates at it like I could see you know maybe they like got a drink or I mean are they old enough to drink I mean they were at a no. club after Rachel's Broadway premiere this That's is true. like the equivalent of them going to like Fizzoli's just it like downgrades from from Olive Garden. You just have to like put the uh, the um, breadsticks at whatever level they're talking about in the scene. So this is the Fazoli's. Right. Okay, quick question, Cullen. Do you know what a Fazoli's is? No. What? You don't know? <laughs> no, I only found out about it when I moved to Indiana, and I'm appalled by this idea. It's basically drive-through Italian food. It is. Um, oh my God. <laughs> And uh, so that's, but apparently it's a Midwest thing, but only in very certain parts. Like I think it's like it's Western Ohio and in Indiana. Michigan. It's in Michigan. In Mich- parts of Michigan. That is an insult to the Italian X community. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm Italian food that quickly. It can't be good. <laughs> no, I'm, it's just going to be ketchup and noodles. Listen, the Fazoli's breadsticks are the best breadsticks I've ever had, hands down and at the time I was there, which was a long time ago, this might have changed. They were limitless. Oh, you've been put on notice, Olive Garden. All right. Yep. Watch me anyway. writing down make Fizzoli's meme. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it is funny. Um, he says this one throwaway line that I was like, what? Well, I want to know more about that, where he says, like, um, oh, Blaine can teach us piano. He owes me for all the times I shaved his back in New York. I was like, What? So Blaine and Sam are best <laughs> I friends. Totally miss that. They are best. They're they're the closest well, they thing this show has to a real friendship. Yeah, for oh, totally a, platonic. Got it. Well, yeah. well, there was uh, Blaine was very had a crush on Sam, and Sam oh. kind of knew at the same event, time that Tina had a crush on Blaine. Yeah, and then they all kind of talked about it, 
And, and they, then Tina and Sam made out. And then Tina and Sam made out. And Sam was so all weird. like, it's okay that you have a crush on me. Like, we're still best friends. Um, and they hugged. And Blaine had breath mints in his pocket. And Sam asked if they were a boner. Um, okay. But now I don't think they hang out. Well, they went... I mean, in New York, they were like besties. They lived together. Yeah. I mean, Blaine mm-hmm. used to read. Yeah, Blaine used to read Sam Star Wars fan fiction to get him to go to sleep. That's true. Because mm-hmm. Blaine is also his mom. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the thing is, it is very weird when you just come in because the show isn't really acting like they're friends, but they are. They are actually like the most consistent yeah. friendship on this show. Which isn't mm. great by normal standards, but by Glee standards, yeah. That's really weird because they barely speak to each other in this episode. I know. Yeah. Yeah. This they season, haven't talked in a long time. This season has mainly been like, like they were together when they were making Rachel watch her terrible show. And then when Blaine wasn't using hair gel, Sam didn't recognize him. Yeah. But I mean, but if anyway. like if he was shaving his back, I'm sure he's seen him ungelled. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what else he's shaved? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's already doing it, you know. Uh, the razor's already dirty. Yeah. Um, so Might as well get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm logging into AO3 right now. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, so Sam is, uh, yes, he's like, yeah, Blaine, can he just piano? Forgetting the fact that Blaine was just mad at Rachel because of the Jane thing. Yeah, Jane switched schools. Um, but so, but does he bring it up or does Rachel bring it up? She's like, oh, I should learn to play piano, right? Well, there's, he's like, what do you want to do? Like, what are your hobbies? And Rachel's like, I cry and I watch Patty Lapone's masterclass. How does she not know how to play piano? That's what I don't understand. Well, is like, she wrote my headband. Yeah. yeah, we find out later that she took piano, but she quit piano. She got bored. Yeah, which I'm not going to lie. I find piano very boring, so I also quit piano. I did quit. I never had formal lessons, but I did almost be able to play the song I Wonder from Sleeping Beauty. Um, I did uh, piano for like seven to nine years. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd get bored after nine years, too. Yeah, it was not a good uh, life decision, Um, but I was also like... 10 yeah so. i mean i'm really gonna hold you responsible was, for that that you was know? really yeah. a decision yeah. i love how yeah. we enter the scene of um blaine teaching the piano by him just showing off apparently he's just finishing off playing the entirety of beethoven's fifth like that's helpful yeah. for us to yep. learn <laughs> oh, like what also, an arrogant teacher <laughs> really quick can we just for a brief moment, pause on the fact that Sam's hobby is glass blowing. Oh, yeah. What a great hobby! Yeah. It's very interesting. Sam is living the most fulfilled life of any. He, is. he really is. He's just He's, doing it because he, he was likes homeless it. at one point. He has like the most well-adjusted life. <laughs> he like, does for him. Yeah, he's blowing glass. And Once I, again, the character was homeless. The character was homeless. <laughs> Because yes. the guy is an, like the son of Nashville singer-songwriters, yeah. so I'd hope he was never homeless. No. Um, yeah, he was... But didn't they... He said, I blow, right? Glass. Like, it was phrased like that, I'm pretty sure. Was because it? Because they were trying... I don't remember. To, 
because and he goes, he goes like, my point is we need to be proactive about what our outside interests are. And that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't, <laughs> no, but basically everything Sam says is often a sexual euphemism. Like that, okay. I want to send yeah, that. I mean, when you look like that, everything that comes out of your mouth is going to be a sexual <laughs> euphemism to somebody. That's just a curse you bear. So yeah, he blows glass and Rich was like, really? Like she's so shocked. And I'm like, I mean... You were ever, you were barely ever friends. So like, how do you know? Okay. Yeah, this is the third time you're speaking. (laughs) And the other, the second time was when you're oiling up his, his semi-nude body for a photo shoot in your apartment. Um, I love when Blaine says, Middle C, you think of it as a quaint little town between base clef land and treble clef land. It's so (laughs) like demeaning. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's like he's teaching five-year-olds. Yeah. Because Blaine hates Rachel And yet she still says, can you slow down, please? (laughs) Well, I mean, she can't read in real life, so <laughs> true. That was just Leah Michelle being like, "Wait a second, what's a C?" <laughs> so yeah, he's teaching them how to play, and he's being condescending. And Rachel says, "You know, I she does the whole I got bored thing," and Blaine's like, "That's so unlike you," and it's yeah. because she got bored on Broadway and quit. Yeah, and I'm like, Blaine's being <laughs> a sassy gay bitch, and you know what? I'm here for it. Um, and so being a bitch. Oh yeah, Sue. I can't even remember what spurs this number. She's just like being mean to Rachel, and is like Rachel's like, "Why are you like this?" And she's like, "I'm a bitch. I'm a, like, I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint." And that's really Such a good song. all the motivation behind the number is it's just she's like in lockers she's in she's in in a a drawer is in a drawer which rachel sees yeah and is like okay that's fine there's which i thought maybe was like a reference to the music video it's not mary brooks (laughs) never shows up inside of things it's very bizarre and then she's she's moving emma's stuff around Uh, she's and like just throwing children into lockers, which is the classic of her. She's like comes in with a baseball bat and is like hitting the planets. And I'm like, you, this woman would go to jail. Yeah, like, that's the thing is the scene comes off very strange because all the students like panic and like are crouched down and running out of the classroom. And it does not feel very funny. And this was at a school where there was a school shooting like a year or two ago again uh, in real this, life or in the show <laughs> in, in the, the show, show in the show and, school shooting and sue yeah. pretended to be the person behind it to cover for becky went off in the school yeah yeah and that you was know, their way of doing a school shooting episode yeah yeah oh, that's yeah. pretty, it's yeah. pretty exploitative. uh one of my co-workers actually went to the high school this was filmed at and she said they mm-hmm. took things from the choir room for their set just like took them they like recreated the choir room on a set on the paramount lot but they just like took items from their choir room from they, the set. They, just, they just stole it yeah they just stole like props oh my from God. their God. schools are already hurting for money teachers have to pay for That's their own so supplies dumb. ryan murphy you owe the teachers of that school yeah and she said they were just like casually kind of friends with some of the crew members <laughs> because they were around all the time filming. Um, yeah, so they, uh, yeah, so she thinks I'm a bitch, whatever. She interrupts their piano lesson with like, a, she's like, we call them the genie on our uh, theater 
Stay yeah, up. those, yeah. But so I thought this was going to be the reason to say flatbed truck. Right. It, but then at some point, she gives him new phrases to hypnotize no, she him. She just by says they're just phrases she likes. Yeah. Oh. So, but we haven't gotten to the point where they actually, where he like follows through on the first hypnotism yet. Yeah, because so she, so Blaine is looking for them later and she's like, and Figgins is like, they're sharing a warm pretzel with hot mustard. I predict another tempestuous, tempestuous, stormy (laughs) and sexy glee romance. And I'm like, why is this adult man calling? I mean, he did say teen lesbians at, you in know, the hallway. Yeah, he yeah. did children. call them trollops and shit. But I'm like, why are you calling these children's relationship sexy? Whatever. Um, and so then they are gonna do the piano, like they're practicing. And Sam's like, it's easy, just like focus, you know, play it on my hands. We'll do this little me cute thing. And then it was they, creepy. I didn't like it. They start playing. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa Carlton's No one learns no. piano that fast. No, no one. And Maybe they're... a genius, but they're not geniuses. And they're floating around or like they're, they're, it, they're recreating scenes from the music video of yeah, Thousand this Miles. They are. Yeah. I actually really like this cover. I really like the harmonies. I oh, like the duo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's like good. It was good. And the acting in it is solid. Like, even though, like, do we didn't we pay have, attention to that? We have a, sh- it's just we have the shred, like the bare <laughs> bones premises of two people interested in each other. I That's- was, yeah, I was slightly distracted by the backgrounds because I was like, oh, I think I've seen that park. Yeah. In yeah. LA. It's yeah. definitely Lime, Ohio, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's always bizarre to me that, like, w- I, like, I enjoyed the sequence. It was great. But I feel like they never pick songs that have lyrics that apply to anything that's happening in the character's oh, actual yeah. lives right now. Like, the they words of the to. song, if I could, you know, Sometimes. I would walk a thousand miles to get to you. Like, it's about, you know, traversing a distance to get to someone that I care a great deal about already because of past experiences. And this is, they're, you know, they're singing it as a budding new romance. And, you know, it's fun or whatever, but it's always so strange to me how they pick songs that have absolutely nothing to do, really. Yes. That's why it's, like, so hard to call these juke box musicals because they clearly it's right. just a karaoke well, yeah. not only that, but like this this song like felt like a budding romance but we're supposed to it's not supposed to be because he's just has seems just hypnotized yeah, yeah. Which, we know. that was very confusing because That's i thought thing. i thought like, like we know I, it's not real it, i was we assume it's point, not real at this point, I was confused because I thought it was actually like happening. Which you'd be totally fair to think. Yeah. Like, right. It's supposed to, right. It's supposed it to make us really buy that like it's happening so that when uh, Rachel, you know, kisses him and the spell's broken, it really like hits that much heavier. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. They sang a whole song together and he's just going to forget all of that. Right. And but the thing that really clued me in is in the second part where he has to go get the mail from Shoes mailbox. Um, he makes up an entire story and and like that's not really how hypnotism works. So you don't like you're not um creative or like just sort of doing that sort of like living out your life in a very 
specific manner. I've never been hypnotized. Have any of you? I, I went not. through a hypnotism themed maze at Not Scary Farm. I feel oh, that's like... basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only only some people can get hypnotized. Apparently, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend bring a hypnotist to like it, uh, to like it was just like our friends. Like he just did a show for us, and he did like almost have my friend eat like uh chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream and she had celiac and i'll be like stop 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 because oh, she was wow. like gonna Ooh. eat the ice cream and then she was like oh it's cookie dough and he just thought oh she doesn't like it he was like oh that's your favorite flavor and they're like no 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 she can't holy crap i've oh never heard of that she holy crap killed somebody. you just pitched a fantastic episode of law and order <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> uh yeah so it's uh yeah so um, just I to do... confirm once again, no one here has been hypnotized before? No. Okay, yeah. good. Because the kind of thing that I was going to say is that like, I, I think you have to be kind of just stupid to uh, be hypnotized. You have to be susceptible to... To stupid the, things. The, the, suggestion. Um, suggestion. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what just I, like what, Sam. It's like, what, I don't I, know, am I? What I learned from the maze at Not Scary Farm is a hypnotist can't get you to do something you don't already want to do. Okay, so with celiac, all obviously wanted to eat things they weren't allowed to. Yeah, and I get that. Trust me, <laughs> I understand. So, but yeah, so I, so I had a completely different thing. Like when I was watching this, I was like, "Well, this whole thing is a fantasy," and it's a fantasy also because like it's not real. So like, because like I just knew like, okay, well, Sam yeah. is hypnotized. Like this is him acting on that. So like, it could go either way. <laughs> But poor Rachel mm. didn't know. Poor she, Rachel she, didn't she, know. Yeah. And this was I don't think we've ever said the phrase poor Rachel. That's <laughs> no, a I think we did we did in the Finn Zeph episode. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um it's but also I, funny to watch the sequence where they're uh, literally walking around downtown on their piano because I definitely recognize some of those streets. It's Whittier. Yeah. It's Whittier, California. Yeah. Um for a second I thought it was Beverly Hills, but then I realized like it's so funny. There's people in the background, they clearly just filmed this on real streets because everyone yeah. in the background has their phone out to film. Well, oh, Leah so Michelle on a piano. I actually I Googled can Leah Michelle play piano because I was like curious, you know. No. Way. Um and I no, I don't think so. But the only thing that came up was literally those sort of like Lee Michelle in Cordover Street on set for Glee doing this yeah. piano thing in the streets. Um, and then there was also a reference to the fact that she can't read. So I was yeah. like, okay, I think that solves it. She can't read music. She can't read words. That is so funny. Wow, she actually can't read. I mean, you don't have to say that. I'll be the guest. I'm the one here to say that. <laughs> uh, so she, so yeah, I do really like this cover. I like, yeah, I do agree. It is in a show that had a lot of long distance relationships for a couple seasons, it's weird that now is when they're using the song, but I think their voices go really well together. It's literally because of the piano. That's yeah, all it's we're supposed to piano. associate. Well, we have yeah. a theory that like they have this sort of <laughs> backlog of songs they wanted to do, but they just didn't have episodes to put them in. And so now uh, it's literally like, I think you're right. It's like karaoke instead of a yeah. Jukebox musical. <laughs> so, like, we love Vanessa Carlton. Everyone loves this song. I actually played this song was played at my wedding reception at, in like in the Aww. playlist. This is one of two Glee songs that and the somewhere only we know. And people were like singing along, like I was like people were taking pictures and people other like his cousins were singing along. And in my brain, I'm like, they don't know this is the Glee version. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do really like this song. Um, though a thousand miles was me and my ex girlfriend's song, but. Wow. Uh, shout out! Shout out to my ex. Hashtag Little Mix. Um, 
So they, uh, yeah. So then they kiss, they kiss. And then she says that he just left after they kissed. Yeah, we don't see like the reaction. We don't see, we don't get to see the fallout, which is a little bit disappointing. We should see it because we know that's the thing that breaks the spell. We should see his reaction being like, I Where gotta I? go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Sam, yeah. you know, he just made out with Tina. I could see Sam just also just being like, sure, I'm gonna go with Rachel. You know, like mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like we should see that reaction. Instead of that scene later, like maybe we yeah. have both of them, but like we need his reaction because literally yeah. the spell breaks. Yeah, what are what are you trying to describe? That I made out with somebody or I I kissed somebody and they literally just stood up and walked away without talking to me. <laughs> So, oh my god. She comes up, she sees him telling a terrible joke. Oh, earlier he did a John Mayer impression, which Cordover Street did do at his concert <laughs> that me and Alyssa were present. So okay. good. He does some funny impressions. Like, even if they're not like spot on, like it's still funny. Uh, and so he so he's telling some weird joke about kissing a hooker to the football players. Uh, and like you do. And Rachel was like, hey, can I borrow your coach for a moment? Which was very the SNL bachelor skit, but can I have him for a sec? Um, <laughs> and she's just like, hey, would you, like, I, I know, like, you know, we kissed, we could get coffee sometime. And he's all like, we what? And she's like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, she backtracks. Like, performers, like, we yeah, do of things. Of course. We, we ex- we, what are we talking about? I love this line, yeah, where she's like, oh, theater people do things that, you know, they don't really count for normal people. Just, you know, cheating isn't really the same when you're in the theater. Yeah, you're just expressing your emotions, you know, whatever. And That's just then- chemistry. That doesn't mean anything. I was only in him for, like, two minutes. <laughs> And so Sam's just kind of like, uh, and he's like, I can't go out with you, Rachel. Um, not, and it's not because you have a little ass. I like little asses. <laughs> Teeny booty. That's what he Teeny said. Booty. Teeny booty. <laughs> he says, Hanging out with Mercedes too long. I'm still in love with Mercedes. I still have feelings for Mercedes. Um, which is big ass, big cake. Big, but yeah, exactly. Big ass. Which there was a joke they could have made there and said just, oh, and I, I do like teeny booty, but he could have been something like, I like all boobies. And speaking of that, I still, you know. No, it's bizarre. And it's, I don't know if it's 2015, but yeah, the unnecessary constant sexualization of everybody on this show. But I guess yeah. that's half of the fun. That's always been glee. If you think about when they made Sam play the creature and he was supposed to be like 15, 16 and his mm-hmm. teacher is making him basically perform in like teeny little trunks and Sam starts With his thinking, teeny little booty. <laughs> and Sam is like thinking he's fat. Like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. <sighs> so then, uh, so Sam walks away and Rachel is like hurt, but like she's not heartbroken like she's just kind of like, get out of jail free card i don't understand what she's so like broken up about she didn't want anything real to happen did she i don't, I know. don't know. Um, know and then we Sue... haven't spent alone time with rachel in that way of like what she wants personally it's always been just like now it's just about the glee club yeah yeah and then and Sue, yeah the like... last time it was like just when finn died yeah that's and and now is she, then, is she over it? Is she, she had, ready? She had girl talk with Mercedes and Mercedes was like, you should get back out there. Oh, yeah. And then she didn't. Because these characters can only date people they went to high school with. 
Um, because they trauma bonded over doing Rocky Horror Glee show. Uh, <laughs> so, and then Sue like floats by in the background on like a <laughs> conveyor belt, and Rachel's like, huh? Um, and does that try that? Oh, she, Sue comes back to hypnotize him again to get him to mess with Will. And it's basically like she just starts saying things, and he's like, Are these phrases that hypnotize me or unhypnotize me? And she's like, They're just phrases that I like. And then he like goes back to the hypnosis mode. Like him and Jane Lynch are having fun with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like it's fun, but I'm pretty sure the hypnotism stuff doesn't come back. I'm pretty sure, like, even the next episode, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I 50 50 chance they never clarify if Sam got unhypnotized. Awesome. Well, okay. Guess I'm gonna have to. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm gonna rely on. Be like, stand to this crazy thing. Well, he's hypnotized by Sue still, guys. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so that's really is that really everything that happened this episode? You gotta talk about the part where uh Will confronts Sue and she just unloads on oh, him. Oh, I totally yeah, that's an iconic Her whole scene. monologue is so funny because it's so pointlessly meta about the show itself. <laughs> well, she's like He's like, Will, why are, Sue, why are you trying to destroy my life? He's like, because I hate you, Will Schuster. <laughs> I I put pee, you're putting my pee yeah, in your hair. Yeah, the thing is so gross. I, you ate a fruitcake made with uh, plaque from Brad the piano player. And the reason Sam didn't ask Brad to teach them was because Brad has that foot uh, yeah, collection. Yeah, two double downs on Brad the piano player. I felt bad for yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, you he's know also what? still being actively pursued by the people he owes money to for his crippling yeah. gambling addiction. And so. okay, uh, that's funny, but <laughs> by implying that he collects his plaque and pictures of women, it's uh, it's kink shaming. You know what? But Brad is in a storied company with Quentin Tarantino and Dan Schneider. Oh, shit. Okay. You know, Once again, the foot just fetishes. on the show. <laughs> no, yeah. Quentin Tarantino has a real foot fetish, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, time. and so yeah, does Dan Schneider. Because I was talking to like a kind of a film bro the other day, and I said something like, they were talking about you haven't seen Quentin Tarantino stuff. So I was like, isn't he kind of like Dan Schneider? Because the foot, uh, and they did not get it. I was like, it's a foot fetish <laughs> joke. But uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the funniest part of it is where she goes, like, you don't know a single name of the true musical geniuses in that choir room, the band. Who have demonstrated time and again that at the drop of a hat they can play literally any song you can name and you treat them like so much nameless human garbage. That was so the best. Yeah. That was the best. And then because she's like, you pick only the most vulnerable students to shower upon, but like, what about Dreads or the Irish idiot Rory or that or the black, black dancer dance. whose name none of us remember, <laughs> who you exploited Matt, on Matt the, with the Miss Spider-Eggs in the series, and then forgot. <laughs> yeah, you rode his back to win at sectionals and proceeded to ignore him into oblivion. Um, it That's is a meta, meta reference to that actor being like, yeah, just written off. He had like hilarious. two lines of dialogue. That's so Never funny. brought up again. <laughs> like season two comes around, right? Or is he it... just transferred? They're just like, what happened to Matt? And they're like, oh, he transferred. That's yeah. so funny. And then, it, yeah, it was also like the same amount of care they gave to the time where he just like wasn't in an episode again even if he didn't have lines and Santana was like yeah he has spider in his eggs or spider eggs in his ears so he's like in the hospital and like we're like okay I guess we're moving on I think that was supposed to explain why he was on the glist the sexy glue list oh yeah Is this meta joke kind of like tell? is this what the rest of season six is as they kind of put a bow on the entire season is point poke fun at themselves or was this 
Probably. I think there's a lot of this coming. Because they, yeah. they did I that so. a little bit last season, too. Yeah. Because it feels kind of to lampshade a really like flawed part of your show does not excuse it. It's funny, yeah. but that's, no, that's the glee thing is they'll just call it out instead of fixing it. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, because then like they continue she, to do that with like she, these new kids in the Glee Club. Right. And how Sue consistently, uh, confusingly accuses Will of being a, a pedophile, a pederast. And yeah, like, actually, it's not funny. It's very strange. No. no, because she's like, you are like these predators. You prey on the most vulnerable. And she makes she a brings Dusty, up Dusty. Yeah. Yep. She's mm-hmm. like, you started, you stalked a boy in the showers. And here's the thing. These critiques of Will preying on the vulnerable, stalking fit in the showers. They are true. Like he is, he doesn't have adult friends. He's developing these weird emotional relationships with teenagers. That's uncomfy. But to just be like, oh, well, you're a pedophile, you're a predator. And he hasn't done that. I mean, he did suspend Marley for not wearing a bikini. That's Uh, different. That's different. Like he hasn't committed one of the most heinous acts you can commit you know he hasn't crossed that line but he is creepy but it's like she she takes it so far that we can't have a real she knows it's like glee knows people hate will at this point so they're just like laying into him okay but he's just like i'm gonna bring glee club back when you retire because becky tweeted it Missy's retiring. And I also thought it was funny that she brings up, you know, like, if you're lucky, your sphincter can squeak out uh, a minute and a half of wheel in the sky. The only <laughs> journey song you have yet to ruin. I assume that's foreshadowing that they're definitely going to do wheel in the sky at some point during this if season. they don't, that's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so that is Hurt Locker part one. It's yes, really I think a, finally that's the series. It's just a bunch <laughs> of nonsense. It's just a bunch of... It is. <laughs> it's like it it feels like i'm watching one or looking at like i think it's like the painting like the paradise of earthly delights or one of those like 1800s like meditations on the meaninglessness of hell and life and existence that are just like weird absurdities like that's what i feel like i'm i'm experiencing see i like these remote zooms uh these podcasts these remote podcasts because uh once upon a time i would have just had to nod and smile and pretend that i know exactly what you meant when you refer to the garden of earthly delights but now i could just google it while we're talking i could go oh yes that painting i know exactly what you're referring to you pretentious son of a bitch <laughs> Hannah, you're on mute. Oh, sorry. I do the former. <laughs> I just sit there and not like, uh-huh. <laughs> to be fair, it took me years before I remembered that was the name of that painting. <laughs> but it's like the painting with all the weird shit. Um, like most people have seen <laughs> that Helen, painting somewhere. There are so many paintings <laughs> with the weird shit. <laughs> well, the, that's the why you can just, dreams. you can nod in and smile and be like, yeah, I know what type of painting you're talking about. <laughs> yes, I've heard of paint. My favorite graphic design at Microsoft Paint. Graphic design is my fashion. Uh, I just finished a piece recently. It's white on my bedroom, is the piece. Very awesome well part of you. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Tina, Tina time. time. God bless here. Tina to Cohen Chang. She was far away from this nonsense. She's at Brown. <laughs> she's learning stuff. She hopefully we, has we, better friends. I hope she's at Brown. I hope she's not just sticking around. It was I never said. 
I, I, in my heart, believe that Tina is at Brown. Yeah. Um, okay. MVPs and LVPs. Kyle, who's your least valuable player this week? Oh, my least valuable. <laughs> I mean, uh, Sue is pretty downright evil in this episode. It was, it was pretty easy. No one else, like, uh, yeah, no one else really does enough for me to feel uh, that negatively about. So, yeah, number one with a bullet, least favorite is Sue this episode. Uh, what cemented it within like five minutes is her altar shrine to uh, <laughs> Kurt and Blaine. It's so gross. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I wrote Shu and Sue, and I don't know why I wrote Shu. I think that's maybe just like that's like my default. I just always write it. <laughs> um, it's because so, of the you know, court. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to him too. But uh, Sue, yeah, she just. Although like her laying into him was like hilarious, everything else was just weird and she was horrible, like breaking down like the diorama thing of the planets and terrifying children and there's still an active caning policy, you know. Not funny. Not funny. I'm also going with Sue. I mean, there's just, there's no one else really to go with. Like, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing the else. People who put gum terrible. on those seats that that janitor principal Figgins yeah. had to clean. That's I mean, a good contender. Walter, Walter's up there. I think in a oh, normal I episode, I about Walter. Yeah, Walter could be up there, but I think Stu takes the cake. I think right assaulting multiple children in like one musical number, which <laughs> this isn't the first time she's done it. Not to mention oh, sure. she was using that drone. She purposely flew it low so that kids would scatter. I, so she's I'm, terrorizing them. I'm really excited for the updated release of Dante's Inferno, where at the bottom <laughs> circle of hell, it's like Judas, Brutus, Mordred, and Sue Sylvester. There's that mm-hmm. pretentious son of a bitch again. <laughs> <laughs> epic poetry by Virgil. Uh, you know, that... Dante's Inferno is really just self-insert fanfic. It is 1400s Wattpad. I can't wait for the James Cameron Dante's Inferno. That's going to be such a banger. <laughs> is he making a Dante's no, Inferno? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> he I, mean, I would believe it, yeah. <laughs> He's going to find the actual physical last circle of hell and go there in Starring his Christian submarine. Bale. <laughs> Christian Bale is playing Dante. Tilda Swinton is Oh, Tilda Swinton's... Virgil is that the guy who's walking him through or no oh yeah uh, Virgil's walking him yeah. through uh yeah uh they'll Satan get... will be Danny DeVito <laughs> DeVito uh <laughs> Lily Reinhardt will be Beatrice yes mm-hmm. perfect um oh, gosh so MVPs I right? also played the PS3 game sorry go ahead <laughs> I have read the Wikipedia synopsis of the PS3 game um I'm a gamer um Kyle, what was your favorite character? Who's your MVP? Oh, um, well, it's funny. The one I wrote down, I feel like I've learned too much about them now. Um, But uh, I was going to say Dave uh, gets my MVP because of how hard he fucking plays the field. Like, um, (laughs) I could not fill a restaurant of my past conquests, but now that's what I strive to do. I want to be able to fill an entire restaurant of people that I've dated. 
goals. Amazing. Goals. <laughs> you know what? He deserves an MVP. He's been through a lot. He's made it out on the yeah. other side. He survived a bear attack. Yeah. He's a Reba level survivor. Just and like <laughs> surviving a real life bear attack is a great icebreaker for bears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. She just gave him the golden ticket. <laughs> uh yeah, no, Krafsky deserves it because like I get also he seems to be more well adjusted. You know, he's he's getting things done, which is good for him. Um I have a tie. Tie between the lead singer vocal adrenaline setting those boundaries and telling Will not to touch him. Nice. And the faceless vocal adrenaline person who's like, we don't like you. <laughs> So shout out to those guys. Um, I think I'm going to go with the lobster costume that Becky was wearing. <laughs> Not oh, Becky, the lobster costume. Oh, yeah. We forgot to tell you, you can pick inanimate objects. Pizza has won before. Yeah. Sweater has won before. Oh, well, then I would have picked the wig that Iqbal Thibault wears. But, oh, well. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with Sam for mainly for being funny and for, you know, having hobbies outside of <laughs> football and glee club. Yeah. He blows glass, you know, catch Sam at your local art fair. Yeah. Selling yeah. like fancy vases and whatever else people blow glass. I don't know. Um, okay. We need so to become proactive about what our outside interests are. Yeah. 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 I mean, quotable it's on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh okay so what of what are the what is the music we have a thousand miles i'm a bitch, bitch. rock lobster and whip it yeah. which yeah so because they <laughs> were like one playlist. performance one performance i thought them as one song so depending on how you look at it either three or four songs and the first <laughs> song didn't happen for 15 minutes <laughs> yep so all right uh Kyle, what was your least favorite song? Oh, my least favorite song was Rock Lobster. I lo the song is hilarious, but when you try to do it seriously, it shows how stupid you are. So <laughs> yeah, Rock Lobster. And also the costumes made no sense. It just felt very out of place. And it was like, what are, what are we doing here? This is a waste that you've all worked so hard to memorize a really stupid number. Yeah, and... I mean, also, you know what? Maybe that's why I put Shu as the LVP for like coming up with those numbers because he should not be in these like high leagues. That no. was just terrible. I'm also going with Rod Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> we were at the beach. Like, how is that appropriate for an acapella concert? <laughs> it was. It was really bad. I'm going with Rod Lobster too. Um, so I love the costume that Becky wears, but I hate the song. Yeah, I think we're we're getting a unanimous uh, rock lobster. Ooh. I mean, if I could, I like rock lobster and whip it together. Again, it was just like meaningless noise. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle, what was your favorite song? Oh, uh, I really liked "Bitch." I had no idea if I. I'm pretty sure it's Jane Lynch actually singing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, she kills it. And I thought she was great. And like the choreography is hilarious. Once, you know, if you can just kind of get past the the horror of it in universe, um, but just like for the sake of a hilarious kind of music video, I think bitch was probably the best one. But whip it 
uh, I still stand by being a, I want to arrange that just for acapella. Cause I, I still think that's, how is that? It's a no brainer. Of course, that's a great acapella song Whip it. But <laughs> as far as the sequence for the, the, the show bitch gets uh, the best song for me. Yeah. I second that. Um, I love that song and I like Jane Lynch's version. I, but I don't, I, yeah, I don't love the horror of her like swatting at those planets, but like, it was kind of funny that she was like in a drawer and I'm like, how is that working? How is Rachel seeing this? So that was some fun visual gags. Um, but I do want to give a nod to a thousand miles because it was a really good cover. I really like the harmony. So. I'm going to go with a thousand miles because like Hannah said, it's a good cover. It has great harmonies. I think that's actually like one of the times where I have heard someone sing with Rachel and they don't get completely drowned out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like kudos to Sam for holding his own in this uh, duet. Um, and I think it really, really worked very well. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, A Thousand Miles. Actually, that's one of my favorite Glee covers. Um, I think it's really good. I I hate to say it's better than the original because the original is so iconic, but like mm-hmm. it's one of the Glee covers that like justifies its existence. Like it's an interesting yeah. interpretation and it's good in its own right. Um, yeah. So that uh, brings us to the end of our episode. Kyle, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Um, I guess uh, you can listen to my podcast uh, that hopefully by the time this releases is still going strong. The gory days, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening to this, you can check out the gory days. That's my podcast. Um, other than that, uh, I've got some other things in the hopper right now that I'm not ready to talk about, but, uh, if you stick around the gory days, hopefully within the next month, you'll be, uh, hearing about a new podcast that I'm putting out with a friend of mine. Very cool. Um, if you want to follow Gleeboot, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Gleeboot Pod. We're also still on Tumblr, gleebootpod.tumblr.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Cullen Ever After, and you can check out my TikTok, your boy Ryan99. I just made a rapture joke. Oh, shit. I got to check that out. I didn't know you had a TikTok. <laughs> rapture joke. You can it's, follow me on Instagram. You want to say your No, thing? I was just saying that oh. uh, my TikTok is like, was created as part of this character social media presence, and it still kind of is, but the lines are much blurrier now. Uh, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh boy. Um A dot no. A is there a dot yeah. in it? Yeah, okay. A dot M dot yeah. A dot M dot S W E A R I M G and that's it. On Instagram. She's made some art recently. Check it out. Yes. Yay. I did I did actually post some shit. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. We hope you had fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was great to dip my toe back into the world of uh, choir music. It was really fun. (laughs) And uh, when it comes to the world of Glee, I am grateful you get to dip your toe back out. Just (laughs) a toe, nothing more. (laughs) Tune in next week for Hurt Locker Part 2 with Eliza, who you may know as Possum Girl on TikTok, my friend coworker, who is really blowing up lately. So, uh, She was even in a Distractify article. Howie Mandel stitched her. 
Yeah. Wow. We have an internet celebrity Ooh. coming. Um, Cannot wait. Yes. All right. Uh, to next week for Hurt Locker Part Two. Bye. 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 Bye.